Okay, and welcome back to the race hour brought to you with gambling.com. And of course, those clever fellas at Bet Hard. We're on to uh, the final day of the Cheltenham Festival 2019. Dermot Nolan, Paddy Aspel, Dean Ryan, myself, of course, and Stephen Cass, all ready to go and decipher. Well, try and crack the code for the final races of the Cheltenham Festival. We're going to start with the first race on the last day. That is the Triumph Hurdle. Um, myself and Dermot and Paddy and Stephen has all talked about Sir Eric on this podcast before. Uh, it's Getting shorter by the minute, 11 to 10, Sir Eric to win the Triumph Hurdle. It's very likely Fakar Dudari will not be uh, taking on, um, of course, Sir Eric with the same connections. Then you've got Kel Destan, Peak Dorhi, who we've never seen at all, but has some very strong French form, and the likes of Tiger Tap Tap uh, in this market. Paddy Asport, going to go to you first on the Triumph Hurdle. Um, we've all been impressed with Sir Eric. Do we think he is going to win the Triumph? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but he is shortening all the time. But to be honest, I think probably it's pretty justified, to be honest. Um, it's very hard to pick holes in this horse. He's just very, very solid. Hurdles well. Um, he's very straightforward. And I mean, although we didn't gain a lot of knowledge from his last run at Leopardstown, you know, that wasn't really his fault. And he got the job done very nicely. But um, I was having a good look through... Nichols's horse this morning, Quell Destin. Do we reckon he'll go here, boys? He will go there. I mean, apart from when the Williams horse, uh, Montezra, beat him on his first run of the season where he was just far too fresh at Chepstow. Now, I mean, since then, he, he's, he smashed Montezra, but he's been unbeaten since Chepstow. And he has been in one or two small fields, but in fairness, this horse's form all season is very, very good. He's done nothing but improve. Now, he has had a busy, a busy season, but he looks a right tough, hardy sort. And, you know, the form that the yard is in at the minute. This horse, uh, you know, around about 8 to 1, he's probably the value bet in the race for me. Um, I mean, Sir Eric, much lower mileage and probably is a more classy horse. But, you know, when it comes down to being streetwise and going round Cheltenham, because he has won round Cheltenham, Quell Destin, just mightn't be, you know, the worst look in the world at uh, round about 8 to 1. Okay, that's interesting because, like, I would say, if there's one hole you can pick in Sir Eric, he hasn't really been eyeballed at a top level over hurdles yet. He has on the flat, and I thought the last race, and you mentioned it well there, Paddy, that he got a free run off the end of under Mark Welsh. So, Stephen Cass, is there a hole in Sir Eric you're interested in picking? Not really. Um, I was fierce, impressed with him, obviously, at Leopardstown. I know they went to crawl and he had it easy, but given they went to crawl, the way he went. Uh, away from them from the back of the last was very impressive and the speed he showed there wouldn't be in the slightest bit worried about being him being an entire I think that's like that's a total red herring like the horse is a four-year-old sure Aidan O'Brien and Joseph sent four-year-old entires to Ascot and places like this all the time like it's not you know and they don't get buzzed up it's the big thing in France as well Stephen like there's not it's not even I would say it's common in France that they try and they, they keep them entire yeah I I think it's some people trying to sound clever and it's you know if you do it, it, it that's it's a total red herring. I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't pay any heed to that. Um, my issue, I think I mentioned it earlier when we talked about another race, but the, about the Fred Winter with Band of Outlaws is I think they're going to go an absolute million in front. And I love Keldastan as well. Um, and I see what Paddy's saying. He's so tough, like he's so gutsy. He kind of he, he he looks perfect for the triumph. But what's going to happen is Sir Eric and him are going to go hammer and tongs from three out probably because the two of them have stamina the two of them love a battle so they don't want to set it up for a speed horse but that's what they're going to end up doing um, so I'd be worried about Keldestan like you could nearly I wouldn't say he's dirty each way I, you know he could he could um, fold if Sir Eric beats him or vice versa I'd nearly chance place laying the two of them a sharp prices in running and see mm-hmm. what happens um, now that said I think that uh, one of the two of those will win because Band of Outlaws won't go at it. I couldn't have picked Dory. Like, he's not even winning those races in France. Um, but if they do go too crazy, crazy, then maybe something will close and you could chance something like Pentland Hills of, of Nicky Henderson's if you're getting 25s on the day and five places. But I, I wouldn't be getting involved at the moment. I just, I'd be very wary of the way that race is going to be run. That's the only comment I'd make on it, but I don't have a great opinion on it. Okay. Bit. Okay, well, I mean, it's a difficult one to to have a great opinion on because I think we're all very well aware of just how good Sir Eric certainly seems to be. Uh, Dermanola, we mentioned the point about him being an entire. Stephen says it's not something to to be. Um, he thinks a red herring, but you know, there's a there's a couple of shrewd old connections in this race, and they, they might stick a filly in front of him around the paddock. That, yeah, I mean, 
you definitely would do that, wouldn't you? Um, but, I would, I would, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just not something, though, that I'd be overly worried about. I mean, he would have faced this before, uh, you know, in his flat campaign. He's not a horse that hasn't hasn't ran a few times. I mean, the just kind of moving on to Cade Sin for a second, it, it's just the English juveniles. I just don't think they're much good. I mean, he's been as tough as nails, but Felix Tadar has absolutely butchered them. And um, obviously not, not the same horses, but a few of the ones running in those races and he absolutely hammered him. So I'm just not sure what the English are actually bringing to the table in this division at all. Completely agree with Steve. I think this race could be set up for a closer and I think that actually might be Gardens of Babylon. I mean, he had a, a horror route round um, in that race behind Sir Eric. Sir Eric was the value winner, but Gardens of Babylon will be staying on. He's he's got the exact same sire running in a lot of the same maidens. He's, he's clearly very highly thought of as well and 14 to 1 I think he's the one that will be staying on late um, I could see him place and, and to be honest I have him I have him in this race as the clear second best so I think he'll be he's a solid each way option and I think he'll get much closer to uh, Eric this time around Okay yeah and of course you did put him up on that race hour preview night of course that everyone can catch on gambling.com and Paddy I, I know we did talk about Hatton for a different race here it's possible Hatton lines up in this race and i know you like him from the mcconnell yeah um you know this is a horse by camford cliff season he's actually got no flat experience um which is strange for to compare to a lot of these um but you know the thing is he's a, his form on paper looks a little bit underwhelming because you know some people might think that john mcconnell had to fetch him over to the uk to get him off the mark at musselburgh wasn't really a very deep race but he won it very nicely and you know, I think the lads knew that they had a sort of racehorse on their hands, sort of the 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 water they were dipping their toe into it nice the last day. And I mean he ran an absolute screamer. So he could just be sort of the value bet simply because of connections. I mean the handicapper's given him a mark of one three three. Um I would go a little bit more myself. Um judged on the because really he would another stride or even if, if like I mentioned, um Davey Noonan hadn't dropped a stick, you know, he could be sort of two and three over hurdles, this horse. Um, so, you know, yeah. I think he's got a fair bit of potential and he is very, very low mileage because he's not he's not raced on the level, you know. Okay, so I think Stephen and Paddy then with Kel Destan and a couple of each way shouts like Sir Pentland Hills and perhaps Hannon, Dermo's native colours uh, for a little while now to Gardens of Babylon at a price in the contest. I only had one other horse to mention for the triumph and I was talking about it on that race hour preview night was uh, was Cracker Factory. Now I'm hoping it turns up. The Connections had Fuzil Raffles to go and win a really tidy race uh, just a couple of weeks ago. That misses the festival. They have got Cracker Factory here in early parts of his seasonal form. Uh, looked like a triumph horse. He's now been surpassed, perhaps, by some of the other efforts. But if he turns up here at 50s, um, I'll certainly be trying to get involved in the without favourite market and let Sir Eric run for everyone else. Um, interesting race, the triumph. Anyone else have anything else to say before I move on? Dermo, uh, Gardens of Babylon, does he definitely come for this? I don't think you could nail your colours to the mast in that race yet with him. He could go either way. But I, th- I, I think he'll go in the triumph, but could go either way, couldn't he? Mm. It, 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 there's no doubt, like, I mean... Your man, as always, Joseph has said that this horse, even now, um, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're four-year-olds, but they're still juveniles. Uh, you know, he said he'd get two and a half now. So the fact of the matter is a good, strong pace really would suit this horse. And I would agree with Dermo. He'd, he'd get a fair bit closer to, to Sir Eric this time because, you know, it was a hack canter around Leppertown the last day, so he had no chance really because he just wouldn't have the the natural speed of that horse or, or wouldn't be as good as him really. But he'll get, he'll get a good bit closer to him this time if he turns up. Okay. Okay. So there's a few there prices that we can take on to Eric with if you're that way inclined. He will be many uh, people's banker of the Cheltenham he, Festival. He'll be six to four in the morning now. I wouldn't be backing him at even money five to four. He will be six to four. Like the Friday is the biggest punting day. It's Paddy's weekend in Ireland that weekend. Everyone in Ireland is taking a day off that Friday. Like there, there'll be nobody at work. Everyone's but is everyone be... in Ireland not going to just back Sir Eric? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like they're going to want to get custom in in the first race of the day. And I'd say they wouldn't even mind laying a 6-4 loser because they'll have money to punt with for the rest of the day. You know, That might be a bit simplistic. But I, I think this horse, you know, they're not bookies if they don't take him on first race on the Friday, St. Paddy's uh, weekend. So I would definitely wait. If you're going back in Sir Eric, wait. And I think you'll get 6-4 to four in the morning. Okay, and if you do get six to four, that's doubled for 20 quid with Bethard, as we heard from Adam Feller earlier on the podcast. So that's an interesting start to day four of the Cheltenham Festival. That's the Triumph Hurdle. Let's move on then to the County Hurdle. Um, Wanderlei sits here at the top of the market. 
I would be completely against him after what I saw the last day, although apparently wasn't up to very much. He does top the county hurdle uh, market. A few in here, I guess it would really help if we knew exactly what was going to turn up Stephen Cass. Yeah, but you know, you've not run on a bet, so you can pick one out at a price and, and, and run with it. Like you, you mentioned Wonderlate. I love that form of the Fairy House race that he won. And uh, I mentioned it here before they ran the old Pierce MCR. I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of the, the race now. At the, It's the Labrooks article at the Dublin Racing Festival. I mentioned this. Yeah, I think it's the Labrooks. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned this horse in that context, but he didn't run. Seglawi. So he's only a pound higher than his Irish mark here. And if you look back at that run of Fairy House, that Wonderlate run, Seglawi was nearly last turning in and flew home for third. He actually hit the last. He could have won. He could have beaten Wonderlate if he didn't hit the last. Um, he's got some very, very good form. Like he was third at Christmas um, to Espar Dalen uh, at Limerick, but he wasn't really comfortable yep. on the ground. I think he wants good ground, and he's never actually had it. He was third last year in the Grade One behind Saldier at Punchestown. Um, he's twenty-five to one, and if you watch that Fairy House run, you will definitely want to back the twenty-five to one with him. So I'd be very interested in Saglawi, and you'd be hoping Ruby might ride. So you could be getting something that'll be close to the tens. And the other one I'd mention is uh, Chitabello. I thought he ran very well the last day at uh, I think it was Aintree, was it the race? Anyway, he's down to down to mark now of one forty-eight. He was previously a high one fifties horse, and I think he's coming back into himself. Um, it was it was second to Midnight Shadow at Aintree, and Midnight Shadow probably is he looked a bit of a machine at that intermediate trip the last day two miles is Chitabello's trip uh, just off 148 and the skeletons are so good in this race I think he'd have a squeak as well so they'd be the two I'd, I'd look at I, d- I love Chitabello for a, for a job in just this type of race at some point I know they had him really well uh, didn't have a race in mind for him just before yeah just before the vaccination thing kicked in and now now they can come here so You'd imagine they've been getting him cherry ripe. So I like that shout. Shit to Bella. Yeah, well, one of the owners mentioned to me, I put up on Twitter, I was disgusted that he's missing out in the Betfair. And uh, Ian Marmion. Yeah, yeah, Marmo, yeah. And he said he was absolutely sick. That's what I picked up too. So they know they've had that horse right. It's only a couple of weeks past. So you'd imagine he'd be cherry ripe to go for the county. So he's an interesting shout. And Saglawi from Stephen Castell. Nolan, the county hurdle. Uh, Yeah, Dean, so... As I was saying, in the preview, I think Wicklow Brave is very... In- or not Wicklow Brave, sorry. Uh, I think um, I think Whiskey Sour is very interesting in this. Just gone up a few pounds from last year. It'd be interesting to see what, whether the Coral Cup or this. I'd imagine his target kind of depends on whether Yoradell gets in or not. Uh, but I think he'd be very well suited again to the county hurdle. He kind of came looking like he was going to win that race last year. And just maybe with the ground, he had to make up between the second last and the last. Kind of maybe it had petered out on that ground. Um, if given, if kind of held on to a bit later, I mean, Mohayed, who won that race last year, has gone on to win a major handicap again. That horse is now eight pounds higher. This horse is three pounds. And I think generally, had you ran that race again and maybe held on to him a little bit longer, he, he might have got there. Um, so I think Whiskey Sour, he's, he's kind of big old odds between 14s and 20s around the place. So I think he's, he's definitely worth a go in this. And whilst, whilst Wonderlate, it's very interesting, Dean. I think at eight to one, you'd you'd you definitely would would want to know something from the old the old Charles Burns yard to see see what's going on. And then another one that I've been looking at, if he was to run, is Grand Sansi, who's still holding on to his entry here. Depends on whether or not they go to the Supreme, obviously. But as Steve was saying, it's uh, there's each way. There's there's not running no bet. So uh, Grand Sansi would be interesting if he was to turn up here, like any of the any of the novices would. But the one I've had a proper go on is um, is Whiskey Sour Dean. Okay, whiskey sour for Dermot Nolan. Paddy Aspel on the county hurdle. Um, I was just looking at the horse to beat Angel's breath. I wonder what he go, lads. Has Nichols said much of a Southfield stone? It's his, it's his only Cheltenham entry. It's possible he might be looking to... He's in the, he's in the Imperial Cup this weekend, uh, Paddy. So I'd say if he won that, they'd probably go for the, the, the bonus, wouldn't they? Yeah. Like the, this horse's form, he's just gone from strength to strength very quickly because, you know, this is another one like we mentioned about the Hannon. You know, he's never raced on the flat or anything. Um, and he's very low, a couple of bumpers, and then he's had five spins over hurdles. But, you know, I mean, he got pretty close to Alexia the Nuts in the tall work. He was only just over three lengths behind him. And then, as we've seen, he beat Angel's breath the other day. He was a little bit disappointing at Taunton in between, but it'd be interesting because, you know, we've seen a few of the Nichols horses this year, like the, the horse that Dermo just mentioned, 
um, of Nichols has had a very busy campaign as well, but they seem to be absolutely thriving on the race and just so tough, uh, especially the way they run the races from the front. You know, they're there to be shot and they, they do it the hard way. And, I mean, this Southfield Stone for me looks to be a horseshoe thriving, but obviously we'll have to see how he fares out at the weekend and, and if connections are keen to fetch him back. I think with the love for Angel's Breath on this podcast from myself and Damo, Southfield Stone goes and wins the Imperial Cup, goes off a short prize for the county, and Angel's Breath goes off favourite for the Supreme Novices. That's the way I think this uh, could play out. Um, I'd row in as well with uh, Chittabella. I think there's definitely going to be primed up. Uh, Stephen Cass's selection in there, along with Saglawi. So we've managed to find uh, two 20 to one shots, a 25s and a 16s, which is what you're expecting to get in a county hurdle. Should we move on to the next race, which is the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle? Uh, Dermo, I'm going to come to you first here. We've all waxed lyrical about Commander of Fleet on this podcast for some time. Uh, you might be taking him on, will you? Uh, yeah, just purely on the basis that the best horse generally doesn't kind of win this race. And like Mikey Fogarty was saying during the preview as well, he thought he looked a small bit weak and Keith kind of agreed with him. And whilst he's he's as tough as all boots and he's going to be the best of these horses, um, I'm just not convinced that it'll be in an Albert Bart. Like it kind of rarely is, you know, that the best horse doesn't tend to win this race. And whilst a lot of horses will have missed targets, there's an awful lot of horses that haven't. Like, you know, Lisnagort, Oscar has gone to all the parties. You know, you have a good few horses like that there. Darren Ross, etc., that I've been running all year, and they're the kind of horses that I that I be I be looking towards. But the one at thirty three to one is um is Rock Point. Last two runs have been poor, absolutely no doubt. But he drifted markedly, like he drifted in one race from four to one out to sixteens, and I just don't think he would like. They were the days when he's going to strike. It more comes back to over course and distance, which again is a great gauge for this race when he absolutely hammered the field, beat Lisnagor Oscar quite well kind of is very similar to Kilbrick and Storm last season and that like he's had was he had eight starts um, he's just as absolutely tough no sorry he's at 13 starts he, he's as tough as nails and um, at 33 to 1 I just think he could be the surprise here like I think the likes of Dickie Diver Vander Fleet Birchdale these are going to be the horses that kind of kicking on Alaho as well these horses are going to be the ones that long term are going to be the best of these but I don't think you're looking for that on the day in the Albert Bartlett and I'm, I'm happy to have a a small each way and rock point for the Tizards at 33 to 1. He's a big price. Uh, Paddy Aspel, the Albert Bartlett, how does it uh, how does it fare in your head? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a big Dickie Diver fan. Um, you know, I really think with maybe a bit of luck in the shores room, he should be 3-3 three three this horse. He was unlucky at Chepstow getting a bump right on top of the line, really, uh, which I suppose is why the stewards left the, the, the result as it was that day. But, um, we've seen him since connections have brought him back in trip maybe just to teach him a little bit more and try and sharpen his goal with Gelden up and um, at Chepstow the last day even though they did shave a bit off his trip as I've said he travelled so well and Aidan Coleman there was nothing in the race to take him as far up the track as he, he'd have liked so therefore he just wasn't very good at the last simply because he was dusting and he took his eye off it but I'd say connections he's only had the three starts he's been very impressive um and I really, he's, a, he's an unknown quantity, but he looks to have bags of potential. And I just hope, and although he's six-year-old, just hoping this doesn't come a year too soon, just experience-wise. But he's a very, very good animal, this Dicky Diver. Okay, Dicky Diver is a fascinating animal. And Stephen, I'm going to come to you now. I mean, we've got the likes of Dicky Diver, Commander of Fleet, Birchdale. They've done bits and pieces on the track perhaps maybe not enough to win an Albert Bartlett in terms of experience and toughness. Well, you've got Lisna Oscar, who's probably done just enough. It's an interesting top of this market. Yeah, it's it's always an interesting race because you always have that kind of ability versus, uh, you know, battle-hardened horses, things. But I, I, I think it's less of a factor this year because with the ground, there isn't as many horses that will have had those heavy campaigns. So people are looking for a horse uh, like Lisnagar Oscar, d deliberately looking for one that's had a ton of runs. But I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't want to be hanging my hat on that as much this year. The one I love, and I just love this horse, <clears throat> excuse me, is Commander of Fleet. Um, like, he, he won his maiden hurdle. He then ran the grade one over two, which wouldn't have suited him at all. And he traveled like a very, very good horse that day and wasn't beaten that far. Um, and then he went and he won the grade one over two six at Leopardstown. Now he was getting two pounds that day off Rhinestone, but I thought he beat him very comfortably. If you watch it back, he really did uh, finish out his race very well. So like three runs, one, two of them in a grade one, one of them where they were hammering tongs from 
uh, a mile out nearly and with with rhinestone not really a mile but six furlongs out they started going at it and they had to go around the last they were really battling and he battled better than better than anything so that's plenty of experience for me uh, like I said before on the podcast, I think Elliot's going to have such a big week. You're going to have Elliot and Davy. Oh, sorry, I actually don't know. Was it Davy Russell or Jack Kennedy? Sorry, I should know that. But anyway, you're going to have Elliot um, having a good week. This thing could go off, you know, five to two, three to one favorite on the day. So I think seven to one is very, very fair. I absolutely love him. Um, the English horses that they've been getting beaten and running in loads of races. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I honestly don't have a, a great handle on him. So I'd. Uh, bow to the lads on those ones um, just to, to to take off the emperor's clothes and, and just give away a, 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 the secrets here we recorded the first three days of this yesterday which was Wednesday today is Thursday morning we're finished on the Friday so we have the Carl Cup entries now just while we're talking about um, Commander Fleet Rhinestone is still in the Carl Cup lads and they have Birch they have Dickie Diver so Rhinestone has been left in the Carl Cup Joseph Ryan very quickly mentioned it last night that he'll run in the Albert Bartlett or the Coral Cup. Oh, he's going to go off favourite for the Coral Cup. Yeah, he's yeah. Twi- now the 20s is non runner isn't non runner a bet, but there's loads of 14s there. There's no way he'll be 14s in the Coral Cup. No way. So back that non runner no bet. Sorry, now I know we mentioned it yesterday at 20. So I'll be taking the credit for the 20s while we record it. You but, can uh, you can yeah. always reinforce a good one, yeah. Stephen, and uh, don't worry about that. So, okay, but you're a massive Commander of Fleet fan. I can only echo what you said about Commander of Fleet. I saw him in the flesh at Punchestown when he was a little bit, I think I described him as barely and not really knowing where to put his legs. He's come a long, long way since that run at, then at Leopardstown where he beat Rhinestone. They missed the last and he had to really put his head down and then he cleared away again at the line. I'm a big, big fan, and like you, I think he will be going off around seven to two or so for this race. So sevens makes a lot of appeal. Um, if, with the old format of trying to find an Albert Bartlett winner, the only horse that reasonably interested me was Stony Mountain in the Hemmings colours. He's a 33 to one chance if you're looking for um, some well, some big, big prices there. They'll be bigger available, I reckon, on the day when this uh, field actually tightens up at the top end. I think you might see him at proper rag odds. And I could see him running into a bit of place money. But Commander of Fleet's a big charge for me. Um, Dermo's gone for Rock Point. Dicky Diver's a big fancy for Paddy Aspel. And uh, two Commander of Fleet votes here. And don't forget, Rhinestone, if he pops up in that Coral Cup, will not be those prices as per Stephen Cass. Now, the Gold Cup is the next race on the card, but we're going to leave that to last. And we're going to move on to the Fox Hunters. Might not have a lot to say here. The vibes all year, and I'll go to Dermot Nolan first, was that Stand Up and Fight would be the right one for this race in those J.P. McManus colours. There's been good whispers for Uccello Conti across the preview night circuit. Apart from the rest of them, I've barely heard of them, Dermot, so I'll leave it to you. Yeah, no, I, I, to be honest, I haven't heard of, of many of them. Pasha de Polar is probably big again at 25s, but um, I just, Stand Up and Fight is apparently meant to be an absolute machine of a yoke altogether and the uh the the whispers has been that this horse could have ran in one of the the kind of the better novice races this season we've been here we've kind of heard that before but you can see by the way that the money's been coming all year for it the way he won it down royal at christmas so i can see why that's there but it's a race dean that i'll um i do back every race at the Sheldon Festival, I'm not going to lie that, but I'm uh, I'm not going to tip a horse up for this race at all. Dean. Okay, I'm going to put you down for stand up and fight, <laughs> and I, I'm going to I'm going to take a nod there as well. Paddy, have you been keeping any eye on the fox hunters? Um, the horse of Paul Nichols's wonderful charm. We absolutely bolted up round Doncaster the other day. Whether he's going to um, come back again so quickly, really, um, he has been. Th- I believe they'll be running, yeah. I believe they will be running. If I mean, right. he's had a few goals at the festival and he's only finishing the money once, but nonetheless, he has got a bit of course and distance form and at least we know he's fit and well. And, I mean, I don't think really age you can you can sort of factor in these sort of races because they are sort of horses that are that are at the, the later stages of the careers. But, um, you know, it's a very, very good animals in here from the past. Um, but it's all about jockeys too. I mean, really sort of races like this you want to see the decks and see who rides what because jockey ship would count for an awful lot because they can tend to go an absolute million in this race you know and it can just fall to bits and, yeah. and, and especially a lot of these older horses they can really take liberties at their fences because they just get a bit casual with their jumping but um but yeah jockey ship for me is a big thing so probably best off to wait and see decks 
Okay, and I should clarify for anyone who's listening to this and thinks that I uh, haven't watched racing over the last 10 years, I've heard of most of these horses <laughs> in the field, but I just have to say, I haven't seen them do anything in the Fox Hunters sphere, to be honest. So Stephen Cass, we'll give you the final word on the Fox Hunters. Um, I doubt you've got a 33 to one shot, but I hope you have. No, um, Cad de Burley, um he ran in the race last year and he clattered the second. Uh, I must give credit to Reese Williams for putting me onto this and I watched it back. Reese Williams, uh, Anthony, anything he says on pointers and those kind of races is very good and he was very sweet on him he was 20s on saturday but he actually ran on sunday and bolted up by 40 lengths in some uh, nothing race but he he ran in the race last year made a really bad mistake at second and he was kind of behind then and he had to make up ground and make up ground and he was only beaten three lengths in the end so he wasn't beaten far then went to punchstown for the the champion there and he absolutely hacked up. He won by 21 lengths. And that's normally a really strong race. Um, on the yep. fringe was in that race. And he beat. He was beaten 22 lengths. So, Cad de Burley, probably him and Wonderful Charm are the best horse in the race on the track. Wonderful Charm, uh, I, I, I can see why Paddy likes him. But I, I don't think he really stays three miles. So, Cad de Burley was the best horse. He's come out. He's shown he's healthy. He could have easily won the race last year with a bit more luck. So, 10 to 1 him is fair enough. Um, now I am stealing Reese Williams' work, so I won't take much credit if he wins. But he'd be the one I'd back. Yeah, uh, sure. If you back him and he wins, you'll uh, you'll take enough credit for yourself, Stevens. Cad de Ballet will do. Uh, Balance Slow, I thought ran a nice race in this last year, and he's thirty-three to one. I know he's one of the older older stages now of the race, but I'm just throwing that. Yeah, in Yeah, Dean, you're just looking up last thing. year's result now and throwing something out while you're reading it. So that's cardology. It's the only race. It's the only. It's the only fox hunters apart from the other two festivals that I've watched. Um, but yeah, I was involved financially with Balance Low last year, and like Demo says, I do have a bet in every race at Cheltenham. But that'd be one of the ones where I wouldn't be too bothered to be in the bar. So that's the fox hunters. Uh, on to the grand annual, please. Next, um, I'd put up what's wrong with you before he went a one at Fontwell. Um, for Nicky Henderson because I knew that he probably only had one in the race and that came out of the stable tours that they did on gambling.com. So he then was an all right price. He's now looking like his second favorite at tens. The favorite here is Magic Saint. Uh, for the grand annual, I'm going to go to Paddy Aspel first and uh, give me your thoughts. I was just looking at Willie Mullins' mare, Camellia de Cotta. I wonder are they going to, she's in at Nace at the weekend um, and she has, she does hold a few entries, but I mean, of the Cheltenham entries, I'd have thought that this was probably the more, I mean, they've got her in the Arkle and the JLT. Um, so you'd imagine that this would probably be their easiest option, but they've also got her in a grade three at Nace on uh, Saturday or Sunday, I see here. But I've been very impressed with this mare because I think Paul Townend has done a wonderful job with her because... I mean, earlier in the year or in the season, she was frightening to watch because she just used to go absolutely flat out. Um, but she has just gotten the grips a little bit with with the racing job, and she's not such a white knuckle ride now for poor old Paul Townend. But nonetheless, he has done a great job. But her his jump, her jumping has got better because it needed to, because she was, you know, she was a one way ticket for me earlier in the year. But she has smartened up. Um, she has suffered one defeat four runs ago but that was in very good company around Tipperary uh, but since then she's been well placed and you know she's more than paid her way so I mean obviously fractions are going to be strong in a race like this but she is a very very strong traveller and the fact that she has improved in the jumping department I think it will really stand her in good stead here because I've ridden it in, in a Johnny Henderson Grand Annual it used to be used to be the last race of the day um, yeah. and the, the the early gallop is just there's no words for it it's 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 very very hectic okay she's a fascinating contender if she turns up Camelia Ducat Demi Nolan uh, yeah uh, as I was saying at the preview it wasn't a race that I had a terrific view of, of but uh, I'm going to follow David Jennings in on, on Le Prezien uh, pound hired last year it looks like he's just been waiting for this race again has been there has done it it's still the right age so I think Le Prezien was a good show from David Jennings and uh, I'll be following him here on this. Okay, Le Prezien for Demonon to repeat last year. Camelia Ducotte for Paddy Aspel, should it line up, looks a very tasty price. Stephen Cass. Uh, yeah, I have a horse here that definitely runs, so you'd always be, you'd always be um, really encouraged by that and wanting to back it, but I actually think it'll be a bigger price in the day, so there's no benefit to this knowledge now. Um, Antipost, but mind's eye of Henry de Bromheads is definitely going for this. He's number 30, so you presume he'll get in. Um, he's a horse that has always shown a ton of ability. 
Yes, but he was a hipster's horse last year because the way he won a handicap hurdle at Christmas at Leopardstown, there was a novice handicap hurdle and he won like a horse with absolutely any amount in hand because he was putting his head up in the air a bit last year and he actually did that almost on the bridle and you'd say if he put it together, he would have... So he went off favourite or close to favourite then for the um, the race that off you go on, the Labrox hurdle. Um, but that was last year and I think he's... he, he I, I'd never thought I'd be tipping up mine's eye for a race at Cheltenham because of that attitude but he's definitely starting to put it together. He's really getting his act together. If you go back to his hurdles for him, he was second to Sam Crow. He beat Quick Grab him. Then he was fourth to Lawler at Aintree so it's fair form now. Now he's in here off 142 and if you watch back the race at Leopardstown the Camino won over two mile one. Uh, mind's eye was just too far back he was 7th or 8th turning in he he really put it in and put the head down and ground it out to, to, and he finished 4th beating maybe 3 lengths or something so I think his attitude has really improved he's got a load of ability but it's his beginner's chase win That that's what's really really exciting Um, sorry now and I'm going to have to go and pull it up here I should have this in front of me in my notes but he ran in Wexford in a beginner's chase and he beat uh, Timmy Rowley which is nothing special but uh, us and them was fourth that day and Duke of the Thai was third and he really trounced them now he was a much better horse than them on the day so in here off uh, 142 I think is very fair um, you'll have Rachel Blackmore riding him you know which is a which is a big big positive as well one that won't be caught on you'll be getting five six places on this race and i think he could be 20 to one in the day so i'll hope he has sorted out his attitude like and henry de has a genius at these chasers so i think he's made for the race as well the strong pace is really going to suit him because he's such a good traveler that he'll be there at the second last coming down to the last uh hopefully he'll get up the hill but i'll chance him anyway Pretty strong fancy, I think, Stephen, for you, Mind's Eye. A decent price as well in that Grand Annual right now. Could even be a bigger price on the day. Uh, Dermot Nolan's gone with Le Prezian, who, to repeat uh, last year's victory, I've gone with What's Wrong With You for the Henderson uh, camp, now around a 10-to-1 shot. And if uh, Camellia de Cot runs, that's where Paddy Aspel is going with the Grand Annual. On to the Martin Pipe, and this will actually end proceedings at this year's Cheltenham Festival. Now they're letting the, the professional jockeys head off early to the bar and letting the boys have a go. Dallas the picton has been all the range for this uh, so far, and uh, I'll go to Dermot Nolan first. Yeah, it's um, you can see the angle with Dallas the picton has done absolutely everything right, and Gordon Elliott has never made a secret of how much he loves winning this race, given his affinity with Martin Pipe and the years he spent training with him. I say Yordel probably has more of a chance of getting into this, um, but there's just kind of 68 entries left now in the Coral Cup I saw, so he might just squeeze in there, hopefully, um, for, the, for, the, for my anti-post book anyway, but It'd be great, but the the one I've fallen on here, Dean, is early doors. Um, I just thought he was a big price, at twenty to one or so, and he's kind of shortening up now. Just like that was a big run last year in third, and like that form, I think that was a stronger race last year than it will be this year. I mean, blow by blow has definitely let it down. There's no doubt about it. He hasn't kicked on at all. But Discarama in second has franked it in fourth side of Burley is now favourite for the. Per temps, so early doors has gone up three pounds. Was was a woefully big price. Is kind of shortening up now to where he kind of should be. I'm not sure how strong this race actually is. Um, when you look at the top of the market and the first kind of sixteen or so in it, a lot of them aren't going to run. So I think early doors will be much shorter than he is now. And I think uh, taking that price is definitely advisable for one who's more than likely coming here. Then you know the trip of the race, Emma, don't you? I do, but he ran well enough in it last year, didn't Yeah, but he's a short runner. That horse is... is Dean, he ran a terrific race in this race last year. Looked the winner yeah. against two very strong stayers ahead of him. And he stayed stronger than a horse who's fancy for the attempts. So I don't think staying is much of an issue for him. He's one of those horses that will look and travel with gusto and then no. He doesn't have I'd any... agree with you if he was ninth or 10th, but he finished third. So I, I just don't see the angle on that at all. Now, to be you might We're finish. all getting crabby now, lads. You... We're nearly finished. <laughs> day four. I just, you know, it's, it's early Dean going. has made us go for a second day at the pod. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I felt him out. Do not. He's really exhausted before the festival starts. I've been waiting for him to say early doors out loud, and now he's said it, so that won't win. So can we go to Stephen Cass on the Martin Pipe, please? 
Yeah, I'm going to finish by tipping two Henry de Bromhead horses in a row. Mine's eye in the Grand Annual and Daybreak Boy here. He's 134 in Ireland. He gets in here off 138. Like This is a, a, a 98 rated flat horse. He's got a serious engine. Um, the step up and trip is really going to suit him. So he's two from three over hurdles this year. He won a Navin maiden. Navin, you'll hear from endless Irish people. Oh, if they can win it, Navin, they love Cheltenham. Uh, he was then sixth arm on the great three over two miles. Now, he was there jumping the last, but it was two miles is way too sharp for him and he just didn't have the speed he wasn't beaten far that day at all like he's beaten eight lengths by arm on that day um, but that, like I said that was too sharp then he absolutely hacked up at Clamel like he won by nine lengths but he won with his head in his chest so he kind of could be anything um, given his flat form and he's in here off one three eight. you know the, the worry with him is that uh, being a conditional race who will ride him so it could be Rory Deegan or it could be a guy called Hugh Morgan who rides for Henry a bit and he's only ever had three winners so I'd like to see or hear in advance who might ride him um, Dylan, Dylan Robinson is he all oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> won't be riding him anyway <laughs> um, but yeah he's, 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 he's 25 to 1 he definitely goes for the race and uh, yeah there's, maybe it's the Watford man in me that I'm tipping three Henry de Bromhead horses throughout the, the, the week here but I think 25 to 1 is a very fair price and he kind of could be Anthony if you watch that Clamel run and if you watch the Aramon run um, he's shown decent level of form and I'd say he's a bit hashed, uh, inverted commas here under the radar under the radar he's not fourth or fifth <laughs> favourite as well from yeah. Stephen Cass he's 25 to 1 daybreak boy what's the bottom mark going to get in here Stephen you think um, go to one of the lads and I'll tell you what the BHJ said in one second Paddy, let's hear what you have to think about the Martin Pipe while Stephen does a little bit of research for me. I was going to go for a bigger price one here for Fergal O'Brien, Dino, in Coolandy. Um The thing about this horse is he likes it round Cheltenham. Now, he is a front runner, doesn't have to make the running. Uh, and I think over this trip, they'd probably prefer not to because he's got his fair share of weight with 11 stone 5. But, you know, it's a boys' race. There's going to be plenty of gallop on. Um, he's won mainly over sort of two mile or just beyond, but never this far. But he has been placed at this sort of trip. He's fitting well. Good run last time. Um, I mean, he's come up against the likes of Champ and a few others, and he's just not been good enough at that level. This is more uh, his sort of bracket. And Frogger O'Brien just does so well um, at Cheltenham. So, cool Anley for me off a of mark of around about one four two. Uh, for a yard who's had another terrific season in Fergal O'Brien I think probably his lad in the yard Connor I think it's Connor Brace would, would ride him and he's very very capable one okay. One three four. Dean is what the BHA say I think one three four, one three five is the lowest in the last five years so I'd say you're looking at one three six up is guaranteed so Anthony from 54 up so a Claire de Buffault who's 25's here which seems big for a horse you hear a lot about but anyway and anything from him up which means that you're Adele should get in here um, and Daybreak Boy is on 138 so he's number 38 in the list he'll definitely get in and Paddy what was your one? Cool Lanley Cool Lanley oh he'll he's 140 I think oh yeah he'll, he'll definitely get in yeah now if Sonoria went here I think she'd be she could be different class to them I do think she's a bit of a machine but I, I imagine they might go Ballymore with her or even run two in the mares but um if she runs, I'd, I'd, I'd be all over her. Yeah, there's a good few ifs and buts still left about this. And that's why, you know, like likes Eurodale has been hammered in, the, well, at least been clipped in. Let's not say it's been hammered in the market if there's no money, but it's certainly been clipped in to join Dallas de Pictons at the top of the market. I would... all, all the talk about Eurodale, like he's a bit of a, like Eurodale can pack it in any rogue. day he wants. Oh, yeah. And he always wants a massive gap between his runs. And he, like you're best off fresh in the summer is all his form. I'd be a bit worried about him now. I just think... If you're backing him, back him win only, not each way if you fancy him. Yeah, and because of all this talk, he's going to be no price anyway. Wherever he yeah. finally gets in, that's it. Um, Need to get Aubrey up. Get Aubrey up, yeah. Well, why not? He's won a couple of Galway, <laughs> big race at Galway. Um, let's talk about uh, Countista, which is my fancy for the race, but I'm a bit concerned about 1-3-3 won't be enough um, for Henderson to get Countista into the race, and they will find it some race at Cheltenham, I'm sure. Um, the other one I thought was interesting if it did go here was Expatriate, and if that turns up at Cheltenham, I'll be getting involved with that for, uh, well, I think it's a nice horse on had an interesting season. There are a couple of throws at that, but as again, I'm not really certain what's going to run. Daybreak Broy for uh, Stephen Cass. Can I just touch on the Yordal thing again? You can, Sorry. of course, yeah. 
Sorry, but his last four wins, right? A Listole maiden hurdle, 876-day break. He then went a 265-day break, won at Nace. Then he had a 50-day break and finished seventh in a handicap hurdle at Fairy House. Like, this horse really does have to be fresh. Then he had a 104-day break, won again at Galway. Now, he might have ran very well when he was brought down in the low sun handicap hurdle, so maybe my theory is bunkum, but all his good runs have come off big breaks. Even when he was second in the Cesar, which um, he had a good break there. He'd all of September, most of October, um, and he only ran on the 2nd of February. So I, I have a theory with that horse that he really does want to be very fresh. Um, he's only coming in here he after was, five weeks. He break. was, to be fair to my Pardon? As you said, Steve, he was, to be fair to me, he was travelling really he well. Was, he was, he was. That, that is the... That that's the one exception to what I'm saying, but that's you know player, yeah. he does yeah, he fair, does put in his best runs after a really long break. I know it's a fair theory, definitely. Okay, we've gone for Cool Lanny from Paddy Early Doors, which won't win from Dermo Daybreak Boy for Stephen Cast, and uh, I'd probably put up one that won't get in the race, and that's Countista. Um, let's talk about the grand finale of the Cheltenham Festival 2019 and the Gold Cup. Now, we've done Gold Cup previews. We've talked about the top of this market. We've talked about the fact that no one knows um, even Pat Kelly's phone number, let alone where his yard is, and that even applies to David Russell. Um, the Gold Cup is a fascinating race, probably uh, more open than anyone would have expected, perhaps at the start of the year. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. Let's go to Paddy Asport and see what he thinks of the Gold Cup. It's your final chance on the race hour, Paddy to put people right with a Gold Cup winner. Yeah, well, I mean, I was looking at that stat the other night about a horse going to Cheltenham. It was something, was it 1926? The last time a horse went to, or won the Gold Cup without having run over or jumped a fence that season in public um, long, long time ago. So, obviously, presenting Percy is looking to do that. But um, what was the crack with, with Galway the other day? Did, was there any footage of him going around or did anybody actually see him? I saw a photo. We've so I thought of him jumping with Maldini. Was, and that was it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. There was a photo of him jumping and they actually changed the track to make it go left-handed yeah, for yeah, him. Like, seen it. just um, phenomenal stuff. Also. Just very strange. But, I mean, nonetheless, I would never, ever question a fella like um, Pat Kelly because just his festival record is just phenomenal for a small trainer. Um, you know, especially how well he's done with this horse. I mean, obviously, he was so well in when... when um, when he won first time, but um, the thing is, it's just it'd be better off for him if he wasn't Gold Cup favorite because the preparation has been far from ideal. There's an awful lot of pressure on him now, and um, you know he's 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 there to be shot and he's there to be cribbed. Um, I mean, obviously, if if they're just looking on the on the BHA admin site here, I mean, Cheltenham haven't even updated their ground since three o'clock yesterday, um, which is a bit of a joke, really. Um, but near river, obviously, if it keeps raining, his price is going to shorten. Um, Clandesobo for me has been phenomenal this year. It's just his lack of Cheltenham form, um, or the fact of the matter that I don't, I don't even think has he even ran a Cheltenham ever. Oh, he's zero from four, zero, zero from four or five, yeah. So that that's probably. I mean, the thing is, he would probably be. A silly price, really, if he did have some Cheltenham form, but that's the box he's got to tick. But nonetheless, you know, Nichols has always referred back to the to the to the point about the age of these horses, and he's at the same age as as his previous Gold Cup winners, um, when they won Gold Cups, and and Clandis Oboe is there now, so he might just be getting to be the finished article, um, but he has got questions to answer. But for me, I would still stick my neck out and stick to my guns with with. Pat Kelly's heart presenting Percy because I just think he is a genius really and there's obviously been factors there where we haven't seen him jump a fence in public but if he does get him here and he does win the Gold Cup I mean I really do hope the man gets the credit he deserves because I'm sure at the minute there's an awful lot of people that they must think he's off his head you know it won't make for great television afterwards if that horse wins because I'm imagining Pat Kelly still won't talk to anyone uh, Stephen Cass on the Gold Cup um, where are you going? Yeah, well, for, firstly, Dean, what what a race! Like this is it's cracker. I, it's, yeah, yeah. It's 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 not the best Gold Cup we've ever seen. The one with Long Run, Denman, and Kato Star was a better Gold Cup, but this is the best race in terms of um, 
depth you know and, and having a view for a better it's just just a fantastic race um, presenting Percy yeah I'm not going back at him I don't like the way he's being campaigned so I've kind of taken it against the horse I don't like the way connections don't uh, speak to the media I don't find it charming personally I don't, I don't think it's great for the sport it does nothing but for it, the sport it's, it, it's no. an awful situation I think well look some people find it charming it's their horse they can do what they want but like it's not endearing to me people that find it being rude and endearing is beyond me but anyway that's there he is so I've kind of irrationally ruled him out because I don't want to see him win but like he's a fabulous animal and that RSA win was incredible so he could easily go and do it uh, he won't carry any of my money but um, easily could see him winning I'm not too worried about the prep I think uh, Davy Russell's happy like we know if he hadn't run at Gorn over hurdles y- y- you could put a line through him but he did um, and he, he showed that he's uh, in fine fettle so I wouldn't be too worried about the, the not jumping a fence this year uh, Clandazobo I think he's better on a flat track uh, he's obviously improved his form but I don't like his head carriage I don't like his tail so I will take him on as well Native River I think the Gold Cup left a mark on him and he's not going to be able to reproduce could be wrong there but I think he'd want to bog and our friends in Norway don't think there's going to be much rain at all so I'll go with that that we're going to be kind of good good to soft uh, Kenboy definitely has a chance big big chance uh, loved his run the last day I, I, I'd imagine they'll want to keep David Mullins on him so wouldn't put anyone off him can't have thistle crack uh, couldn't have my bite I think he's uh, given up the game and the one I like is Album Photo who I think had plenty more to give when he fell at the second last in the RSA last year I think he definitely would have beaten Monley because Monley's a soft finisher at that trip um, and he only they, they keep saying this horse wants a trip so uh, I just can't wait to see him over the extended trip and the way he jumped at Tremor I know it's Tremor but that was a good race I just loved him that day um, I heard Ruby say last night he's probably his likely ride uh, I, I didn't hear it sorry I saw on Twitter that Ruby said this at, at uh, a preview night last night so if Ruby's riding him 14 to 1 is a fair price um, I would love to see him go and do it as well I, I just like the horse so album photo for me but but what a race and I just can't wait for it no, and I'm in your camp too. Um, I think of the Mullins horses, album photo would probably be the one that's at a backable price. Here we are now, now giving out about presenting Percy. Album photos had one run all season, so it's a bit rich now, in fairness. <laughs> was, it, was it over a fence? Well, album photo, he really does. He kind of does want soft ground, so I hope the rain does come far. <laughs> so I think that's why he only had one run. And, uh, you know, yeah, the ground, he was going to run um, in the old Tennessee. Irish Gold Cup yeah he was going to run but the ground it was a road that day so like that's fair enough okay we're letting him away with it plus you know they do tell you what's going on with their horse um, let's talk to Dermot Nolan about this fascinating Gold Cup yeah uh, basically every Antipos article I've done and everything else has been uh, based around album photo for the exact same reasons as Steve said I don't need to go too much in depth he, he rather nailed it like, like he gave 9 or 10 pounds that day to total recall at Tremor and even William or David Casey, who was representative that day, said as well that that race benefited massively because of the fact that the ground was so good over Christmas. So, you know, you had like in third and fourth that day was Alfred Zobo and Invitation Only who went on to be finished first and second in the Tayacy's chase. So that Tremor race is much more than Tremor form would usually be. And I think 14 to 1 about Alvin Foda, completely agree that uh, Alvin Foda would have been much closer to presenting Percy, not saying. He would have beaten him, but he was just coming. Ruby was just. He probably, he probably wouldn't have beaten him, Dean. You know, but he 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 has improved since. And the Punchestown run when he was going to win was going to be a serious run. And then Tremor showed he improved again. So even though he might he wouldn't have beaten him in the RSA, there's nothing to say he won't beat him, um, in the Gold Cup. But like at six to eight, he was six years old last year as well. So like there's there's visible improvement there in him. So I think a fourteen to one completely agree. And uh, I have backed and I will be backing um, Elvin Foda. Okay, another vote for Album Photo. So Paddy's going to stick with presenting Percy. The two lads think Album Photo is the bit of value and the one from the Mullins camp. Uh, I think we're probably all thinking it won't come right for Native River and after a grueling Gold Cup, might not be the time to get involved with him. Clander's Obo questions about his head carriage. I question perhaps the trip as well, slightly. I know he won a King George. Um, He's kind of still been got Conti point two, isn't he? Yeah, a small perhaps, bit, I think, perhaps, it? yeah. I just question whether he's got it in him for that last furlong and a bit at Cheltenham. But, you know, this is where you find out. That's why it's the acid test. Uh, Thistlecrack, we can assume, even though it looks like his form this season is close to where he was, he won't go and produce a career best and win this, which he'd probably need. Um, the one horse that got dissed there was Might Bite by Stephen Cass, but I have a view on Might Bite. 
Well, supposedly he had ulcers. Yeah. That's what's being said now. Yeah, that's what they're saying. But there's also a chance he was a complete pig and he's finally given it up, you know? Yeah, he was just a mad bastard that's finally got off the edge, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, and he's finally, he's, he's finally just said, finally oh, okay, I've had enough. He's like that owl <laughs> yeah. in the bar that's just finally lost it. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was clinging in for a few months. <laughs> yeah, and then was, the, yeah. you know, now, now you find him outside in the corner. Like, yeah. I, look, I think the the thing with Mike Bite is you can say that a Gold Cup can bottom a horse, and if any race was going to bottom him, it was that battle with Native River. But what my view is that Nico de Boinville didn't bottom that horse in a Gold Cup because he came out one at Aintree. Then let's take this ulcers thing on merit. Let's also take the fact that you know quarterization of a pallet doesn't last forever, and they've gone and done it again. He didn't run last year between the King George and the Gold Cup. He hasn't run this year between the King George and the Gold Cup, and they've done his wind. And they say they've got him back. We don't have to believe Nicky Henderson, but they say they've got him back. If they have, he's 14 to 1. I know he's 10 years old, but he's better than this lot. So my view is Mike Bite, last year's Mike Bite would win this Gold Cup and win it well on good ground. So at four teams, and there was bigger prices around when we first, or when I first started talking nonsense about this horse, um, I thought that was cracking value. So I'm going to stick with Mike Bite. I'm going to be happy to be wrong two years in a row um, if it doesn't come off. But if it does come off, I think he's a Gold Cup winner. So... You can all shoot me down if you want, or you can leave me in my uh, Mike Bite halo. I think silence tells you everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, isn't, isn't madness summed up as doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So there's, there's no point pleading with you, Dean. Well, I can't wait for, the, for the, It's a much better <laughs> race, a better, much, much better race than last year. You think? Yeah. 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 100%. Okay. I think that's probably fair. I still think Mike Bite of last year on good ground would have won this race. Yeah, but the the, the chances of Mike by running up to his mark that he ran to last year's Gold Cup this year is you know that's probably a fourteen to one shot. Okay, then I might just be getting the price that he should be. <laughs> I'm going to get involved though. So it's Mike Bite for me presenting Percy for Paddy Asport and the two boys, Stephen and Dermo are on the album photo train. Uh, lads, it's going to be a superb week at the Cheltenham Festival. We should um, cover a couple of questions I think we got from our Twitter community on the race hour. Dermot, I believe there was one about top trainer and top jockey. We've covered a few of them. A few of them were saying to us just not to bother to, to cover the archive, etc. So we kind of, you kind of skim over them. Uh, David Weldon is is big on honeysuckle, but uh, Shane at Orange underscore nineteen seventy nine said, "Are there any strategies to betting the festival top jockey market? I want the Dutch, the Gigginstone duo, Russell and Kennedy, at best prices." Ah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, Ruby is eleven to four. Barry Garrity is three to one. Russell is fives, and Jack Kennedy is sixes uh, with our sponsors at BetHard. Would anyone be interested in getting involved in uh, in playing the two boys in the Gigginstone colours? It doesn't sound like a sensible thing to do because they're eating from the same pie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. I'd want to take a view nearly on one of them and look at their life. I'd take a view on Russell nearly, would you? Because they're presenting Percy and... Yeah, and Russell would be riding a lot of the Elliot horses that aren't in the Jiggenstown colours, you know? But but yeah, it, I often think with this top jockey market that if you like one, like I think, you know, Rachel Blackmore could have a great festival. She's 50 to one, but you'd be far better off doing, putting all of Rachel's horses into kind of three doubles, three foals and four foals, the ones you fancy yeah, and leaving out the singles. If you fancy her for the top jockey, you'd probably get a better return. So if that chap fancies Kennedy or Russell, try and work out what horses are going to write. Try and do your own calculations on trebles, four foals and five foals, I'd say for top jockey see how much that'll cost you and see what they'll pay on different scenarios. Do a little spreadsheet because you might end up getting a 10 to one return if the average price ones win than you would on the six to one. Now it'll take a bit of work. It's not a, it's not a market I ever really bother with, but I often think you'd be better off um, doing some clever multiples and spending the time working those out than trying to second guess um, the top jockey market. Yeah, I completely agree. You can have them both running for you then as well. As if, 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 you know, if he's fancying those two, he must have two or three horses from each that he thinks is going to go in for them. So you're going to need two or three at least. So then you can put them all and have them running for you. So what what wins Top Jock? Five or four thereabouts, is it? Yeah, you you used... four four. You'd nearly want five now, wouldn't you? Probably five to win. Yeah. Like if it was four, I'd nearly give Rachel Blackmore a squeak. She's a hundred to one actually with 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 um, bet three six five. Mark Walsh has been put up by a few people as well, but I don't think he gets enough outside rides, does he? 
yeah, probably won't have enough. You don't want Everton to go right from again. He, now, Mark Walsh, if you fancy Mark Walsh, definitely take his main rides and put them in multiples. That will pay more than yeah, the top job. 100%. Because the, the lads, Mikey Fogarty and Keith Dunne, were putting up uh, Jamie Codd oh, stop. at yeah, the preview. Stop. And it was the, yeah, yeah and it was kind of Don McLean. Don McLean came across and said that. He said, look, look, nowadays it's not three you need. You know, you need yeah. four or five. But all David Jennings said was, you know, for those of us that do fancy Jamie Codd to have a few winners, just put them yeah, in. Yeah, like Mark Walsh is 16th. Um, so if he's four winners and you can, yeah, pick the four, it's going to pay a hell of a lot more than 16 to one. Yeah. Okay. Let's chat about uh, top jock, top trainer. Um, Gordon Elliott's six to five favorite. Normally it's just Willie Mullins at the top of the market. Not anymore. I think this year, because of the fact that Gordon isn't, he's not in a position now to be winning the top trainer unless Punchestown goes ridiculously well. So I think he's going to throw absolutely everything at Cheltenham. Um, like the the entries he has in every handicap and everything else are just, it's mind-boggling the amount of horses that man has. So I'd say Gordon Elliott is going to take the absolute world to stop it. Little strategy, which I think was the original question there, was that if you're not, you know, someone inclined to go back in uh, Gordon Elliott's runners... <laughs> You can always have a little saver on the top trainer and cover your uh, cover your back end. I don't know if that's savage advice, but it is some six advice. to five, though. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, just but you know, some people just there. don't back his horses. You know, there are people yeah, out yeah, there who just. Enough, yeah, I'm yes. not backing the Gordon Elliott horse. Well, you know, if he goes and has eight winners, you'll still be sitting on yeah. a on a return, get some of your state back. Okay, that's top jockey and top trainer. I've got a final question for everyone on the panel before we wrap up uh, this Cheltenham preview. Um, what would make for a great Cheltenham for you from a punting perspective? We can take. Um, we're all looking forward to a, a fascinating gold cup and I think even if you don't back the winner of that race it's going to be uh, something to watch and behold and we'll all be talking about it for a long time because it looks that type of race but from a punting perspective uh, give me two things you'd like to happen or two horses you need to win over the week and I'll go to Dermot Nolan first Th- uh, Thankfully nowadays it's never a need to win which is uh, always a good way to uh, to address punting anyway you should never need a horse to win uh, but the two enjoyment value Dermot it doesn't have to, you know you can have your five each way but what i mean is is it know, you know, know, which, know, what's going to make you feel most like you were absolutely vindicated in all of the chat we've had in the run-up to the Cheltenham festival i'm being pedantic um honeysuckle to win the mayor's novices for every reason from uh, self-esteem to uh, financial and then um the each way better the week for me will be surin in the uh in the fred winter so if uh if both of them win dean it'll be uh, one absolute hell of a week You'll have enjoyed yourself at that point. Stephen Cass. Um, yeah, my two biggest returns would be album photo and the Gold Cup. And Willie um, Boy. I've, well, actually, sorry, yes. Willie Boy, yeah, <laughs> if he wins the Ryanair, that will be the biggest return. And uh, album photo, if he wins the Gold Cup, I have a good bet on him at 25s. And Espardala, and I have all kinds of prices about him in the Champion Ireland. So if either of those win, it'll be fantastic. But... Um, uh, I wouldn't be depending on them either, I hope. Uh, Rhinestone and in the Carl Cup, if he runs, and Sky Pirate in the Kimure would make for a great festival as well. Lovely. I love that. Paddy Aspel. Um, I would, I've mentioned it before, I'd like the Mulrinehurst to win the Ballymore for Connections. City Island uh, be obviously a great winner as well for a small yard in Martin Brazel. Um, I think they've done a great job in prepping his horse and getting them to where they've got him and for Cheltenham and um, I suppose the other one would be obviously the mayor I've, I've been chirping on about in, in Apple's Jade that she proved me right the fact that Connections have done the right thing and let her take her chance against the boys in the champion hurdle over two mile and uh, I think as all the Liverpool fans have been saying all year I think this is her year um, I really do so I'll have to hope they're improved right. You know what happens to Liverpool fans who say that, though, unfortunately. Yeah, not true. <laughs> well, you know, it, we, we are set for some absolutely fascinating key, key races at the Cheltenham Festival. If you've just been listening to us waffle on for a couple of hours there about the Cheltenham Festival, if Honeysuckle and Surin go in, Demi Nolan will be a happy boy on the Friday. If Album Photo wins the Gold Cup, Sky Pirate or Rhinestone do the business in the Kimyo or the Coral Cup, then Stephen Cass will be very happy. Don't forget Willie Boy at 1,000 to 1. <laughs> uh, City, City Island winning, uh, winning the Ballymore. <laughs> Willie Boy, yeah, Willie Boy. C- City Island uh, for Paddy Aspel would be uh, a very well, enjoyable winner in the Ballymont and Apples Jade, who's talked about way before she was even going for a champion hurdle to win a champion hurdle would be a good result. So, so what are the um, naps, lads, if we're to do Lucky 15? Sky Pirate for me and the Kim Yor. I'm presuming Honeysuckle for Dermo. Yeah. And what about you, Paddy? Uh, I mean, nap-wise, 
I would Happens probably Jade go, or City Island? I'd probably go with the mayor, although she she is getting I mean they're joint favourites now, aren't they? Bo Horahan and Bouvidere. Uh yeah, nine to four each two. Uh yeah, I'd probably be that that'd be that'd be my nap. I I just think that this is the best, as I've said, the best Apple Jade we we've seen, and I mean some of the some of the performances she, she's put up. Uh, I just think she deserves to put that defeat at one to two last year. Just put that right and just maybe get the credit she deserves. And uh, Dean, do we end up with apples, jade, sky pirate, honeysuckle? Yeah, that's what yeah. we ended up with. Okay, yeah, and yours, commander of fleet. I can't go against City Island though, can I? I can't. It doesn't work. Oh, well, uh, you can because it's a different race. Yeah. Oh okay. no, we're okay. We're okay. That's the one. <laughs> Uh, okay. So lucky fifteen one nine eight eight to one on the fourfold. So let's yeah. So we'll do. I'll I'll, I'll do. I'll do your lucky fifteen there for us for charity. It's a great idea. So yeah, Commander Fleet, Apples Jade, Honeysuckle, and Sky Pirate. Okay, okay. If Angel's Breath doesn't win the first, I think it could be a downward spiral for me unless Thomas Darby does it. But you keep telling me he's going to win, Stephen. N- Nico has committed to riding him, hasn't he? I heard it was going to be Davy Russell. Nico, that's another five pounds off. The um, <laughs> it's okay. No one's listening now at this stage, lads. We're about two hours in. <laughs> Nico the Bible rides. Yeah, it's just been confirmed, and Barry Garrity's on Mister Fisher. Okay, because uh, Nico and Nico's going to ride. He said he's not going to ride um, just in the champion hurdle. He's going to ride Brain Power up instead of Verdana Blue. Okay. Okay. Well, there's going to be loads more snippets like that come over out over the next couple of days. We're only a few days away. Uh, Stephen Caster, Nolan, Paddy Asper, myself, Dean Ryan. You've been listening to The Race Hour, uh, brought to you with Gambler.com and BetHard. Thank you very much, boys. Have a great week. BetHard, home of the 30% combo booster, is the ultimate destination for Cheltenham punters who are serious about winning. With markets for every single festival race right now, BetHard has you covered with non-runner no bet across all the championship events. Visit BetHard today. Where winners dare. Ages 18 and over, visit begambleaware.org.